You are on trend with the Alumni Trending Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford, and throughout my career in higher education, my mission has been to connect alumni to what they love most about their alma mater and to activate them in ways that support the aspirations of the institutions I have served. As advancement professionals, we are leading a movement, a mobilization of alumni in support of education for a lifetime. On this podcast, you will hear the voices leading our profession, advancing our institutions, and keeping higher education strong around the world. You are going to learn and be inspired by the passion and purpose driving these advancement professionals right here on Alumni Trending. What's up, trendsetters? Welcome to the Alumni Trending Podcast. I am joined today by William Corbin. William is the head of partnerships at Sound That Brands, a company that brings uh, major brands across the country to life through podcasting. And so we are going to dive into another episode on podcasting right here on the Alumni Trending Podcast. William, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Paul. Glad to be here. Why don't walk us through a little bit of your your background and how you got to Sounds That Brand. I noticed that you are a graduate of the University of Maine with a history and an engineering degree. I am an undergraduate history major myself, but engineering uh, engineering was not in my interest wheelhouse. Uh, interesting combination there for you. Yeah, it, it honestly it wasn't in my wheelhouse, uh, but I really, really liked this one professor. And to take his class, you basically had to sign up for the engineering classes. Um, so I did it and it was really studying. It was interesting. It pitted history majors versus engineering majors. And the history majors got to dissect all the decisions engineers made throughout time and tried to determine if they were correct or not. So it was a very fun class, but it, it allowed me to add the minor in engineering, which I now appreciate. You were at Maine in the heyday of NCAA hockey up there as well. Oh yeah. The bears were dominant force. Um, and it was a great time to beat the university of Maine. Earlier on in your career, you were in television production, broadcasting, how did that position you for the work that you're doing today? You got, I really, uh, when I got out of school, I really, uh, I envisioned myself a creative and was always enamored by television and movies and really wanted to, you know, become the next Martin Scorsese. And I started out in the creative field and then quickly realized that the business aspects were almost as creative as actually creating the shows and that, that what it took to actually sell and put a show on air, I found to just be more creative. And I, I got sucked into the business side and I was really enamored by the internet early on and was always talking about it and saying, how do we converge television and internet? And finally got uh, an executive at CBS to agree to do that and let me give it a shot. You know, for about the past 15 years in one form or another, I have been working on podcasts. Uh, I've been an avid listener of podcasts. Talk about Sound That Brands and what your company's all about. You got. I got very excited about a year ago when I got called by Sound That Brands because I, too, uh, love podcasting. I'd actually produced one with my wife about 15 years ago, and we always joked it was great, but there, there weren't enough people to listen. 
Um, and nowadays, every not everybody, but about over half of America is on it. And uh, Sound That Brands has really been focused on enabling brands to get into podcasting and enabling institutions, organizations to get into podcasting. Our focus is uh, really viewing the podcasting space almost like a website was back in the late 90s, that if you don't have a podcast and somebody asks Alexa about your brand, you don't have an answer. So let's dive a little bit into that. Talk a little bit about how can how can a brand strengthen its brand through a podcast? I have to throw a little caveat that brands that have strong stories, I think, really have a great space to play in the podcasting. Uh, it gives them an ability to tell their story, to tell it to a very engaged audience. We often uh, sort of classify the podcasting audience. I always say they're smart, they're educated, and they pay attention a long time. Um, if you are a brand, that is who you want. You want people who pay attention a long time. Um, and so for a brand to get into podcasting, number one, they are building an addressable community. As you know, once you listen to a podcast, you have the option of, of subscribing. Once you subscribe, that brand's content is going into your device and it is enabling you to engage with that brand where, when, and how you want. Uh, because it is audio, it is actually causing the brain, you know, we call it the theater of the mind. Your brain is having to create the images uh, as you listen to a podcast. So it is highly, highly engaged to that content. Um, and it really gives an opportunity for a brand to tell their story, to engage their constituency base, and to keep them informed and up to date with all the information that they have to put out. So maybe walk us through a case study what is a what is a brand that you have worked with that has really seen some positive benefits from diving into the podcasting world? Yeah, uh, one of the brands we're working with today is a company called Wine Access. And at first thought, you'd be like, okay, why would a wine company ever get into podcasting? Uh, well, you know, the stories behind the wine and the stories of the enjoyment of the wine as well as being able to sort of identify with what, what other people compels them about wine is one of the reasons that Wine Access has really been able to leverage podcasting. Uh, they've been able to tell their story, to tell other people's stories, and it really sort of gives people sort of, you know, it, it enables a community to, even though they are not interacting with each other, they're interacting with that same content about something that they love. Uh, that podcast has done very, very well, um, including, I think it's charting in top 100 in food these days. That's amazing. Although wine podcast isn't a surprise to me. I'm a fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. And, and so that's how Gary V got his start yeah. uh, and, and talking about, about wines. Yeah, I would say he sort of paved the way for uh, the digital wine engagement. So... I can see how a podcast might be able to help a brand that has something to sell, right? That's trying to cultivate a consumer audience. But the space that I sit in is is nonprofit higher education. So what are the benefits to a nonprofit or an alumni association, in my case, starting a podcast? Well, I think, uh, and I don't want to say the benefit could be even greater, but I think that the platform truly lends itself almost more to your type of organization, because you do have, uh, you know, an affinity group. You have a, a large group of people who are passionate about the subject that you are talking about. 
Uh, traditionally, that communication to that constituency has been in th through text-based communication, newsletters, magazines, etc. Uh, podcasting really allows you to provide the information, but just in a different format. You know, I, I go back to the how, where, and when. Uh, and podcasting allows you to communicate with your constituency how they want to be communicated to, when they want to be communicated to, and where on their phone. Um, plus, the ability to subscribe, it is a frictionless way for that constituency to get the information that you want to get to them uh, in the, you know, the most frictionless way. Uh, you know, I happen to consume a lot of podcasts through Alexa, so I could be sitting at home and I can be like, Hey, Alexa, tell me what's going on at Penn state today. And it will start playing the podcast. Uh, I have not had to you know, swipe. I've not had to click. I've just had to ask a question and I'm getting the content that is of interest to me. So I, I think of my colleagues around the country that run alumni associations many of which probably fit into the target demographic of those who who listen to podcasts, right? Uh, they probably have commutes and travel a lot, so podcast listening is probably part of their of their day-to-day -day activity, right? How they consume information. But I can also see them thinking, okay, well I don't know the first thing about uh, about audio editing. I don't know the first thing about launching a podcast. I, I don't have a voice or I, I don't know. We don't have talent to, to be the voice talent for a podcast, right? There's all these kind of uh, unanswered questions, but your company kind of takes all of that and, and turns it into kind of a turnkey solution for brands that are looking to to launch their podcast. Talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts behind what Sound That Brands does. You got it. Uh, and yeah, I always say, uh, you do the work once, we do the rest. And that really is our pitch to the universities. They are already generating all of this text-based content, this tremendous content. Uh, and we are working with the University of Michigan, who, you know, they're doing all this amazing content. Uh, they were doing this magazine. And with the magazine being transitioned to digital, the podcast has really been an excellent way to augment that and to continue to provide that rich experience, uh, but without actually printing the magazine. So, you know, uh, that is really, you know, our really sort of our our value proposition is that they don't have to have the professional audio engineers. They don't have to have the professional voices and they don't have to have all that editing experience. Um, and that is not traditionally what universities, you know, their expertise is not in the audio world. Uh, and I, you know, I always say anybody with an iPhone can be a podcaster. That doesn't mean they'll be a good one. Uh, and, you know, sort of saying, okay, taking your content that you have, which is already great content, it's, it's relevant to your audience. And then we take that content and we rescript it, record it and really make it so it is a professional audio podcast. So. I see the I see the engagement upside for this. Uh, I see, um, you know, uh, just another way to have interaction with your alumni constituency. Uh, but I also noticed that, um, um, and I'm here looking at your LinkedIn right now. You have the phrase "quality content equals positive cash flow." So, beyond the engagement benefits of of having a podcast and the communication benefits and uh, the connectivity that it provides. 
there's also an opportunity to generate revenue. Talk through talk through how that works. You got it. And I'm glad uh, that I changed my LinkedIn headline because two days ago it said almost name my dogs Alexa and Siri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought would be so funny. You know, every time you say Alexa or Siri, you'd, 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 yeah, your device would be going off. That's uh, funny. But it, you know, it is one of the things that's sort of great about podcasting is it does provide not only engagement opportunity, but a revenue opportunity, both in the ability to the call to action for donations and giving, but actually the ad revenue. And a lot of universities are working with sponsors, be it, you know, whether they were sponsoring the magazine, the alumni group itself. Uh, and they can extend the podcast to those sponsors as well as create incremental revenue lift by going out and attracting new sponsors. Um, the podcasting audience is a highly sought after audience and the growth of the podcasting audience, you know, is Spotify, Amazon, Google, all these people get into podcasting. Everybody's like, oh, they're segmenting the podcasting audience or bifurcating the podcasting audience. And I don't believe that. I believe they're bringing incrementally more people to the podcasting audience and they're growing it. Um, so by doing a podcast, you are actually hitting the people who are on Spotify, who are listening to music and now sampling podcasts. You're getting to the Audible uh, community who is now also sampling podcasts. Uh, and you're driving, you know, all of these will drive more uh, listens to your podcast. And ultimately, if you do choose to monetize it programmatically, uh, give you a little revenue lift. It's not going to, you know, podcasters aren't going to be Joe Rogan to become rich overnight. Uh, it takes time and you build that audience over time. But if you can build a you know, sizable audience, you will see some real revenue coming in. William, if people want more information about Sound That Brands, uh, how would they find how would they find you? They can always send an email to William at soundthatbrands.com or go to our website, uh, soundthatbrands.com, where there is a contact us in, a link on there, as well as you can always find me through LinkedIn. We have a tradition here on the Alumni Trending Podcast to ask our guests where they think the industry, and in our case, higher education, where you think higher education communication uh, is, is trending. So I'm going to ask you that question. Where do you think we're trending in, in this space? I think higher education is always on the leading edge. Uh, early on in the internet, in the late 90s, or early 90s and late 90s, universities were on the internet. Yeah, in, in mass. Uh, and I'm happy to see them uh, approaching podcasting the same way. I think it, you know, it's behold, beholden to our universities to really push that leading edge. And so I hope more and more get on podcasting. I think it is just beginning. We're, we're really just scratching the surface on how we will use podcasting to communicate. Um, right now, it seems to be, you know, much more of an interview style show, but I think podcasting, what it is today and where it will be in 10 years is going to look very, very different. I think there are going to be a lot of closed network podcasts. Uh, I think even professors will be, you know, one day their uh, lectures will all be available as a podcast. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I can't say I know exactly where it's going, but I do feel confident that we are just at the beginning. I love when people tell me, oh, my God, there's a million podcasts already. It's too crowded. 
I heard the exact same thing in the late 90s when people would say there's a million websites, it's too crowded. There's a billion today. Uh, same with blogs. Remember, oh, there's a million blogs, it's too crowded. There's a billion blogs today. And I think podcasting is very similar. I think uh, it is just getting started. William, thanks for joining us on the Alumni Trending Podcast. Hey, Paul, thank you for having me. I'm John Fudo, Vice Chancellor for University Advancement at UMass Lowell, and I'm staying on trend by listening to the Alumni Trending Podcast. There you go, Trendsetters, another episode of Alumni Trending. If you are enjoying the Alumni Trending podcast, make sure you go out to iTunes or your podcast app of choice and give us a rating and drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you. Drop me an email at paul.clifford at alumnitrending.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in and keep trending.